Well, you know, I've got to tell you, I feel like every week that I am the most blessed pastor in all of America. I really feel that way. I look out and I see you. I see you worshiping God. I see you loving God. I see your heart to serve God, your heart to help people. And I just feel extremely blessed. And, and you help and you bless a lot of people. And this morning, I want to help you. You know, it's amazing. I've known for some time, for a good long while, what I was going to be talking about this week. But it's like these past few days, there was an inundation of just like people who are just, you know, some of the needs and crises and things that they're walking uh, through in, in their life. It was just like I was, I was talking to them and praying with them. And I'd say, you be sure you're there on Sunday because what we're going to be talking about is right down your alley. And so for you, it may not be true that this is specifically what is going on in your life, what I'm about to talk about, but here's what I want to say to you. If it is not where you are, do not check out because I can promise you this talk I'm about to share with you, you're going to need. This is going to be something, if you don't need it now, you're going to need it at some point in the future. You can trust me on that. And here's what I want to do. So many of you, I know this is applicable to your life right now, and, and I want to help you. I want to help you today. And I love you. I care about you. I want to help you with what you're going through. And I know that what I'm about to talk to, a lot of people are going through this. And so I want to talk to you about worry. How many of you have ever worried about anything? How many of you would say, I mean, be honest, it's all right, because church, you ought to be honest. How many of you would just say, and it may not be full bore anxiety at this point, but how many of you would just have to admit, you know, Pastor Jeff, I'm walking through a stage in my life where I'm at least a little bit worried, right? Could I just see your hand? I've got some worry going on in my life, and that's a lot of you that are here this morning. And I'm not talking about something that I'm unfamiliar with. You know, from time to time, because when you're speaking on so many different subjects as a pastor, sometimes there's a topic that uh, it is not as pertinent to your own life personally. Uh, it is not necessarily a personal struggle that you have, but you know the Word of God addresses it, and you know that it uh, intersects with people's lives, so you want to talk about it. But this is one that I can talk to you about out of personal experience. Not as much. It's not like I never worry anymore, but not in the latter, you know, these last many, many years of my life, but I can remember a time in my life quite well that does not now, as I think about it, seem that terribly long ago when I struggle with worry. Now, I've got to tell you, I had a worry champion as a teacher, and that was my grandmother, my mother's mother. And she was like the world's greatest worrier. And she, so, you know, she was mentoring me. She was helping to forge worry within me, not because she was intentionally do it, doing it, but I would see her all the time. She'd be worried about everything. I love my grandmother. She's an amazing woman. She's a great Christian. She's now 87 years of age. She's now in a nursing home as of a few months ago, now in a nursing home. And by the way, that nursing home has never experienced the days that they're having right now since my grandmother's uh, shown up there. But I can remember times when, you know, it's like a family member would have an ailment. And guess what? It wasn't that long before Mamaw would have that ailment too. Amen. 
A friend would be diagnosed with something, and it wouldn't be that long before my grandmother would have the same pain, the same ailments going on in her own life. So whatever somebody had, she had. In fact, thinking back, there, there's a couple of times she had diseases that only men could have. I mean, but she had them somehow. I, I don't know how that happened, but she had those as well. But we worry about numerous things. Maybe you're worried this morning about your health. And some of you, it's not your health at all. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's uh, your kids, what's going on in the lives of your kids or what's going on in the lives of your aging parents. Maybe you're worried about something that is going on in your life vocationally. Maybe you're uh, worried about your education. Maybe you're worried about your business. Maybe you're worried about a relationship. Maybe you're worried because you don't have anything to worry about and that's got you worried because you're thinking something bad is coming. I know it is. I'm not worried, uh, you know, right now about anything specific, which means something is on the way that I must be worried about. And chronic worry will just wear you down. And the Bible actually has a lot to say about worry. So what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to take you on a journey, and I want you to stay here with me because I'm going to talk to you straight out of the Bible about how you can get rid of worry and anxiety. And I've experienced that too in my life, and I know that it is incredibly possible for you. But before we talk about a biblical remedy for it, let's take just a few moments to deal with the impact of worry. I want to give you a couple of thoughts here. First of all, I want you to get this down somewhere. I want this to to be resonating in your brain. First of all, the Bible tells us that worry adds a heavy weight to our lives. Worry adds a heavy weight to our lives. You're just carrying around something that you, you never should have been carrying around, and it weighs you down. You know, those of you that like to work out and stuff, you know that they tell us that we need to change up our workout, you know, ever so often. Some would say every six to eight weeks, once a quarter, whatever the case, you know, that we just sort of get adapted to a particular workout. We need to shock our body and work out in different ways or different. And, and so recently, I've been working on a brand new, just sort of laying out a brand new workout program that I'm actually just getting started on. And, and so I've just looked at myriads of different exercises for different things. And, and so there's one, and all you serious weightlifters, I'm probably going to mess this up. But I th- I'm, from recollection, I think it's called a farmer's walk. And in that, you take some really heavy dumbbells, and it doesn't sound like much, but you take some really heavy dumbbells, and you walk a certain distance. Try it sometime, by the way. I've tried that. You walk a certain distance with these heavy dumbbells, and you turn around and and come back to the place that you got started. It doesn't sound like there would be much to it, but there's a lot to it. Because the longer you carry that weight, the heavier that that weight gets. And worries like that. The longer you carry worry around with you, the heavier that it gets. Now, how many of you have noticed in your own life personally that the happiest moments of your life have not been when you were being consumed by worry? It's not. And uh, again, maybe that's where you're at right now. I can remember a time when, you know, there had already been a challenge or two about it or two with worry. And I can remember one time Uh, When I was a teenager, I got up, as I I did every morning, just to get out of bed, and I I had such intense pain in my hip that I really couldn't even put any weight, and and I didn't know why. Why can't I I put any weight on this leg? And I just felt like something had been plunged into my hip, this hip, actually, 
And how many of you, how many of you ever think this way? If you've had a, ever had a pain or you've ever had any kind of physical abnormality at all, or you've ever had a challenge in business or a challenge in money or a challenge in a relationship, how many of you have ever found out that your brain always wants to trickle to the worst possible scenario? Is that not true? Do you ever have a challenge, and when you have that challenge, and it's internally alarming to you that when you have that challenge, your mind thinks the best possible outcome? This is going to be good. This is going to be wonderful. This is going to be all right. No, the way our brain typically functions is when we have a, a jolt of anxiety and we play that out, and we can do that in like microseconds. We have a jolt of anxiety, and in a matter of moments, what will our brain do? Our brain will walk us out to the most negative result of what that, that particular thing may be. How many of you, if you've ever been there, wave at me like this? So good to be able to see all your... I never realized until we got new lights how good looking all of you really were. And I can see you now. So how many of you have been there? You, you had a challenge, and your mind immediately went to the worst possible outcome, the worst possible scenario. I can remember when Brent, some of you have heard me tell this story, when Brent was 14. He had always been involved in athletics his whole life. We had noticed that he had some swelling in his upper cheekbone area. And we're like, oh, man, that, you know, that even said something to him about it. Do you know what happened? And he's always playing some sports. And at this particular part of his career, he was, he was a catcher on a baseball team. And he did that in college, in fact, quite a lot. And uh, he said, well, you know, I, I'm sure some sort of collision and, and, you know, probably somebody slid into me. And, and so we didn't really think too much about it until we noticed not only was it not going away, that it was, it was getting bigger. And so, you know, without taking a lot of time to just sort of speedy it, uh, this story, we take him to the family dentist who does an examination. And we can tell by the look in his eyes, he's worried which meant that we went to Gainesville, Florida to see a specialist who, who was concerned and said, well, you know, we need to do a, a biopsy, a CAT scan had already been done, and there was a circular growth in his upper jawbone that was actually eating into his upper jawbone. Well, I can tell you as, as a dad, my mind did not jump to the best possible scenario. What did my mind do? What would your mind do? It goes to the worst possible scenario. And just a matter of alarming days. I'll never forget to drive over to Gainesville. And, and he's like so oblivious, uh, you know, to what is going on and how serious this could possibly be. And, and, and he's like sound asleep for this 45-minute drive in the back seat. But none of the rest of the family is asleep. We're concerned. And he had a biopsy, and thank God it, it, it turned out to be negative, but he had a serious growth, ossified fibroma, technically, that was eating into a sinus cavity, into his upper jawbone area. He had to have quite an intricate surgery to remove all of that. I can remember, you know, and this is how oblivious he was. You know, we're worried to death how oblivious he was. We got ready to leave. We had a great, great uh, surgeon in, um, over there in Gainesville, and we were leaving the biopsy and so already you could see where this area is swelling, quite a painful extraction to get the biopsy. And so the doctor is like, anybody have any questions? And so, all right, ask a couple of questions. And looked at Brent and said, well, what about you, son? Do you have any questions? He said, yes. 
He said, I've got a game tonight. Am I going to be able to fit my catcher's mask on over my... I mean, that's, that's where he's at. Nobody else. Listen to what the Bible says about worry. This is Proverbs 12, 25. Worry is a heavy load. How many of you know that to be true? Worry is a heavy, heavy load. And some of you are weighted down right now in your life. And it seems like the trajectory of many things in your life is going quite well, but it's this area that is beginning to dominate and control so many other aspects of your life because that's what worry will do. Worry will take over. Worry will hold the rest of your life hostage to your own emotions, your own personal emotions. And you're like, you, it's almost like you lose your normal functionality because you're just so consumed by whatever it is that is causing you to become worrisome and riddled with anxiety. And you're just thinking, if it's this way now, then it's probably going to, you know, continue to get worse. I ran across, and some of you may remember this story because I, I, I told it several years ago here. Hans Christian Andersen was like a, a great, one of the great storytellers of all time. Some of the classic uh, children's story that he wrote uh, was The Ugly Duckling and then like uh, Kenley's granddaughter's favorite, The Little Mermaid. Hans uh, Hans Christian Andersen uh, wrote that, but what a lot of people does not know about him is just how he was tormented with fear. In, in fact, let me, I'll just read this to you. He tormented himself every time he left home with the thought, this is bright mind, very, uh, very bright mind. He, he tormented himself every time he left home with the thought that he might have left a candle burning or the door unlocked. Here's another thing. He was so afraid of fire that he actually traveled with a rope in his suitcase so that he would always be able to escape through windows wherever he was. How about this one? This is true. He was so fearful. You talk about worry and anxiety. He was so fearful of being buried alive that he put a notice next to his bed every time he went to sleep that said, in quotes, I am not really dead. He was afraid that somebody would mistake his sound sleep for death. And he's like, just so you know, I'm not dead. I'm just sleeping. And you talk about worry. And, and people in all aspects of, of life just worry. And it's a heavy, heavy load to bear. Look at this verse up on the screen. This is Luke 12, 25. And look at what it says. You cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it. And isn't that true? Isn't that true? If you have something that is causing you some, some anxiety right now in your life, if you say, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to worry about it. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says you can worry about it, but it's not going to help you. It's not going to add any time to your life. Do you know what we're discovering more and more? That worry and anxiety and stress will not only not add to your life, how many of you know it can take time off of your life? And now some of you are saying, well, thanks, Pastor Jeff. Now I'm worried about that. I, I was worried, and now I'm worried about my worry because it's going to take some time off of my life. I'm, I'm glad I'm sharing this message today. I really, really am. You're not going to add to your life. That's what the Bible says. Now, here's something else before we get to the pragmatic, practical side of it that the Bible tells us about worry. The cares of life will create worry. Just the cares of life. The day-to-day -day living of life. How, how many of you know that life is challenging? All the time. All the time. Life in this world is not easy. It's not easy. And it's like day to day, week to week, month to month, you're facing challenges. Not, how many of you have figured, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have figured this out? This world is not perfect. 
There's, there's a lot of things in this world that is messed up. There's a lot of things that is, that is messed up. Nothing is, is perfect. Uh, weather's not perfect. I hope it's perfect today. But, but weather's not perfect. Uh, our health is not perfect. Our thinking is not perfect. Relationships aren't perfect. There's nothing, nothing in this world is, that is perfect. So what is the antithesis of that? It means that if everything is not perfect, then we're going to face challenges. And a lot of times, just the cares of life will create stress and worry. Well, one day, Jesus is talking very openly about some things that his followers were very worried about. And Jesus' language to them was filled with both candor and compassion. He wanted them to both embrace reality and yet at the same time be strengthened and encouraged. And so he ends what this dialogue that he's been having, these remarks that he's been sharing, he ends it with this verse. And I want you to see this verse. This is a very important verse. This is John 16, It's one of those you may want to commit to memory. This is what Jesus said. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have what? How many of you know that peace is the opposite of worry and stress and anxiety? He said, I've told you all this. I'm not denying reality. Jesus was not saying that they're not going to have challenges. He just said, but in the midst of all of those challenges, you know what? You can still have peace. You can have the opposite of worry. In this world, this is what Jesus said. It's what I was just talking about. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Now, nobody has to be convinced of that. But Jesus said, this is where you need to be encouraged. But I want you to take heart because I've overcome the world. Jesus is saying, I've overcome the world so you can have peace. You're going to have trouble, but in the midst of your challenges, you can still maintain peace. Now, this next verse is not on the screen, but let me read it to you, and then I'm going to make a couple of observations. You may want to write it down somewhere in your notes. This is 2 Thessalonians 3.16, and it says this, May the Lord of peace himself always give you his peace no matter what happens in your life. That's a great verse, isn't it? Would you agree? May the Lord of peace, that's what... Jesus is the Lord of peace, the peacemaker, the peace speaker, the the prince of peace. May the Lord of peace himself always give you not your peace, not your families, not your friends, but give you his peace no matter what happens. Now, Jesus is really the Lord of peace. And what is utterly amazing is that Jesus maintained the peace that he had in his life all the way to the cross, even though he knew that he would die there. Now, I want to just say this before I move on. It is impossible to hold on to authentic peace outside of a personal relationship with Jesus. I've just got to tell you that. I've got to be completely honest. Now, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, number one, I want you to know this. I am so glad you're here. I really am. It's a great place for you to be, to investigate some of the questions in a non-threatening environment that you have in your mind that you need the Bible to speak into. And so if you're not a Christian, number one, I'm, I'm glad you're here. The second thing that I want you to know, and, and I've just got to be clear on this in fairness, you can know the love of God. You can. The Bible says God loves the whole world, and that's inclusive of you, and God created you, and God made you to love you. But you can know God's love, but you, you don't have the capacity as of yet to know God's peace. Because you cannot know God's peace. You cannot experience his peace if you're not really vitally connected to the Prince of Peace. How many of you, that that made sense to you? So if you're not a Christian, number one, I hope you're going to become one. Uh, I'm glad you're here. You can know God's love, but you're never in its full, and you need to understand this, you're never going to know God's fullest sense of peace until you know him personally. 
because it's like an infusion of his peace comes flowing into your life. In me, this is what Jesus said, in me you may have peace. Now, now Jesus is not going to force you to serve him. He's not going to force you to to accept him into your life. He's not going to badger you into that. That's a personal decision you've got to make. The will of God is that you would make that decision. But Jesus is just saying, if you want my kind of peace, then you've got to be in me. You've got to be vitally connected to me. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, we can have his peace no matter what happens. One biblical writer has said this, we are our own torturers. And this is so true. We torture ourselves in our thinking. Our mind, how many of you have figured this out about your mind? Your mind is a powerful, powerful thing. And it can think all kinds of thoughts. And it can take small things and make small things big. It can take big things and make big things small. And we often drive ourselves crazy worrying about things that most of which will never happen. And later we ask ourselves, have you, have you ever done this? I've done this at least 279 t- at least worried about something that never happened. And then I say, well, why did I worry about that at all? Why was I worried about that? I love this story. Perhaps you've heard it about the fisherman. He was a, a, a tourist from another state, and he was in our state, and uh, he happened to be fishing. He's fishing off the coast, and a tourist, this tourist capsized his boat. He could swim, but he had this huge fear of alligators, so he kept cleaning, clinging to the overturned boat. But eventually, he spotted an old beachcomber standing on the shore, so the tourist shouted out to him. He said, are there any alligators around here? No, the old man hollered back. They ain't been around here for years. The tourist feels safe now, so he starts swimming leisurely toward the shore. About halfway there, he asked the guy, well, how did you get rid of all the gators? What did you do? He said, we didn't do nothing, said the sharks ate them all. (laughs) How many of you know he sped up his swimming? It's like if you're not worried about the gators, worried about the sharks. If you're not worried about the worry, worry, worry. And Jesus said, you don't have to have that. You can have, you can have your worry. Uh, think about this exchange. Jesus is saying, this is for many of you that are here today. Jesus said, your choice, you can have your worry or you can have my peace. You get to choose. Your worry or his peace. Look at this next verse, Philippians 4, 7. Many of you are familiar with this verse. Then because you belong, we're back to that again, because you belong to Christ Jesus. Now, you can know God's love. You're not necessarily going to know his peace till you're in him because you maybe don't belong to him yet. But because you belong to Christ Jesus, here's what God's going to do. God's going to bless you with peace. Not just peace, but peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. A peace because you belong. You belong. That's, that's um, a privilege that God makes available to you because you belong to him, because you belong to his son, Jesus. And he said, here's what I'm going to do. Because you belong to me, I'm going to give you peace, my peace. And it's going to be the kind of peace that people won't even understand. People around you, when they see what you're walking through and you maintain peace, that it will be for them a, a, a true life visual that your life is in me. They'll look at you and say, well, how can they be that calm? Don't you want people to say that about you? I mean, who of us wants to be a Christian that the smallest of things occur in our life and we fall to pieces? And they're like, wow, you know, I, I, I just didn't expect them because they know God so deeply. Wouldn't it be such a great 
a greater amount of influence to just, when we walk through challenges, and all of us will, to just have such peace in Jesus that, that it becomes so unexplainable that the only way people can chalk it up is to say, you know what, I know the reason why they're able to manage this so calmly. I know why they're able, why they're able to be at rest and at peace, and it's because they belong to Jesus. So I want to take the next couple of moments before we're done, and I want to get really pragmatic here. So how do we eject worry from our lives? First of all, we have to assign, be sure you get this, we have to assign our trust to the appropriate place. Now, what does that mean? Assign our trust to the appropriate place. What is the biblical basis of this? You'll see it on the screen. Here it is. Psalm 56, 3 and 4, take a look at it. It says, when I'm afraid, all of us have been afraid, when I'm afraid, O Lord Almighty, what am I going to do? I will put my trust in you. I trust in God and am not afraid. I praise him for what he has promised. And then I love this next part. What can a mere human do to me? You think about that for just a moment. Listen, friends, you don't have to fear people. Why? Why? Because you fear God. Now, to say you fear God doesn't mean like this. It means that you have a respect for the authority and the power and the holiness and the righteousness uh, of God. And, and if you fear God, this is what God says. If, if you fear me, you don't have to walk around the rest of your life fearing people. Now, I have a question for you. How many of you have ever told yourself to stop worrying? Have you ever done this? Stop it. S- stop worrying. How many of you, like me, have found that typically that doesn't work real well? (laughs) Worried? Stop worrying. You know what I do? When I do that, when I tell myself, stop worrying, typically it's because I'm focused on that, and it makes me worry all the more. It's like if you're struggling with insomnia, how many of you know it generally doesn't work to sit up in bed and say, go to sleep, go to sleep. I said, go to sleep, go to sleep. I'm not kidding. You go to sleep. That doesn't work very well. It'll keep you awake. And if you keep telling yourself, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, you're probably going to worry more. You know what you probably need to do? This is what I've found to be true in my life, and I think there's biblical precedence for this. And and that is to say, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to think about what is causing me so much worry. Here's what I'm going to think about. I'm going to think about the God who is over all things, and I'm going to enjoy his peace in my life. See, you're going to face things in your life that are going to be bigger than you are, and you know that. But you're never going to face anything in your life that is bigger than God is. Isn't that true? And so the more you focus on what you're worried about, the more you're going to worry. Stop worrying. I can't. I keep thinking about it. But instead of being focused on that, focus on God. Focus on the one who is the source of peace. Psychologically and spiritually, our resistance to worry must be attached to something. And that something is actually someone. And that someone is God. One writer said it this way. Reducing worry is a process rooted in a relationship with the Holy Spirit and not simply a matter of willpower. So I'm not going to be able to get rid. I'm not going to be able to walk away from worry just because, uh, you know, I've exercised, I've exerted enough willpower. I'll be able to walk away from it. Why? Because I'm not thinking about this all the time. I'm thinking about God who is even bigger than what I'm worried about. All right, let me give you one more thing. Something else that we can do. We can do a sign up an appropriate place, our trust to the appropriate place. And then lastly, We must take our worries, and we must hand them off to Jesus. 
sounds simple, but what does that mean? It's strange what we do. All of us have done this. It's like we maintain a sense of security if we maintain control of our worry. It's like, all right, this is my worry, and I'm going to personalize it. It's like someone asking if they can help you carrying uh, a heavy load of shopping bags. Some of you ladies are quite well at that. I'm impressed. I've seen you out shopping before. It's, it's amazing how it's like somebody coming to you and just saying, hey, can I help you with that? And you say, no, that's okay. I can manage. You could hand it off. You could hand worry off. But it's easier to hold on to it because it gives you some sense of control. Uh, John Ortberg is a great writer. He says this. He said, we live under the illusion that worry enhances our ability to control the world. Somehow we fear that if we stop worrying about something completely, it will really go wrong. So we worry. Listen to this next statement. So we worry as if we're still in control of something that's absolutely, completely out of our hands. We worry about something that we can't control anyhow. I mean, can I just ask you basically, fundamentally, whatever you're worried with right now, how are you going to make it better by continuing to worry about it? You're not. You're going to make it worse. And that's why I'm saying is you, you put in our mind on God instead of our problem, our challenge. Saying, Jesus, here's what I'm going to do. I've, I've got this, and I want to I take it, and I want to put it into your hands. And that is what we ought to do. In fact, look at 1 Peter 5, 7 here on the screen. It says this. It tells us what to do with our worries and our fears. Give all your worries and all your cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. And God is like saying, all right, hand it over. Give it here. You've been carrying that long enough. This is weighing you down, and the longer you carry it, the worse it's getting, hand it over. Give it to me. Now, I want to be completely clear about something, and I'm just about done here. We're just about out of time. I'm not saying that it's highly unusual, that it's erratic, that it's abnormal to have worry or some stress or some anxiety or some concerns that will press itself into our mind. That's going to happen. That's going to happen to all of us. It's going to happen, by the way, numerous times in our lifetime. So that's, that's, that's nothing. You don't need to feel embarrassed or ashamed or intimidated about that because that's going to happen to everybody as long as we're breathing oxygen. But it's beyond that that you have a choice. And the choice is this. Where do you go from there? And the choices are not multitudes of choices, there's simply two. You can hold on to it. You can hold on to it, and that's a bad idea. Or you can give it away, and that's what God wants us to do. Jesus said, give me your worries. Give all your worries. Give me all your cares. Give me all your fears. Give me all your stress. Give me all your anxiety, and here's why I want you to do that, because I care about you. You know, our, our granddaughters have been with us for now uh, two weeks uh, total. I think, you know, if I'm calculating correctly, 16 days. Seven hours, 14 minutes. No, no I'm not. That, not but they've, they've been with us. And, I mean, they'll fly home tomorrow. What, what kind of pawpaw would I be if getting ready to take them back to the airport, say to Kinley, Kinley, you see this big old heavy suitcase that your mom has packed, you carry that. 
You know, she, what, what would a loving grandfather want to do? Honey, I don't want you carrying that. Let me give you something really light and let me carry this for you. And that's what God says to you. You don't have to carry that around. You don't have to be weighted down with that. Let me carry it for you. Here's one more verse, and it gives us great guidance. Philippians 4, 6, you see it here on the screen. Don't worry about anything. Wow, that's not easy, is it? But he tells us how we can move toward that by praying about everything. You can worry about it or you can pray about it. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. We just stand now for our closing prayer. If you didn't need this talk today, again, I'm just going to encourage you to hold on to it because the time is coming when you're going to need it. And you'll be able to go back and you'll be able to look at these verses, and I hope you will. And you'll be reminded that God is in complete control so you can trust Him. And that worry is a heavy weight that God never intended for you to carry around and that you need to turn it over to Jesus. And in His place, if you do that, in His place... God says, this is what I I will do. I will give you an incredible amount of peace. My peace I give you, Jesus said. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Everybody, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many of you would say right now, as we wrap this service up, how many of you would say right now, you know, Pastor Jeff, I'm struggling with worry. I'm struggling with some stress, some anxiety. I've got something going on in my life. It may be in your health. Maybe in your family, maybe in your business, maybe where you work, maybe in your finances, but there's something going on in your life right now, and the evil one is trying to use it against you and trying to just get you all worried and all stressed out. If that's you, would you just, nobody's looking around, but would you just raise your hand real quick, and then you can put it right back down. And that's a lot of you. That's a lot of you. I want to pray for you today. God, thank you. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you that you are in complete control. Thank you that you have told us today, Lord, it is not coincidental. I'm not smart enough by any stretch of the imagination to think that on this day I needed to share this message. God, you led me to share this message on this Sunday because so many people right here, right now are struggling with worry. And I thank you for your word to them and to all of us that, God, you can give us your peace And we can take whatever has got us so stressed out and so worried and we can hand it over to you, God, because you want to carry it for us and you said that you would. And God, I just pray that from this point forward that we would not focus on this thing that is bigger than us, that is creating stress in our life, but that we will focus on you who is bigger and stronger than anything that we will ever experience. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. I love you. Have an awesome week. I'll see you tonight, 5 o'clock.